Hi everyone, welcome to the Chiropractic Animals Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lizette Botha, and in this podcast, we talk to the people who have been in the profession the longest and continue to build the legacy that they have created. And today on the podcast, we have Dr. Fiona Piercy from Australia. Hi, Fiona. Hi, Lizette. Lovely to be here. Thank you. So, Fiona is most probably the closest chiropractor I've ever they were interviewed because she only lives about an hour and a half away from me and she used to have a practice in Bondi and I think everybody knows where Bondi is in the world um in in Sydney for 40 years so Fiona can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your history in chiropractic yeah so I went through um Sydney College of Chiropractic and graduated in 1982 um, then continued in 83 to do acupuncture for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I was doing the acupuncture when I started uh, at my business, which I actually bought from a lady called Helene Knox, uh, who at that point in time was, uh, again, quite well-known in Australian uh, chiropractic. Um, and um, she was at uh, North Bondi, so I uh, continued at North Bondi Beach. And um, uh, as I said, the, the first year I was doing acupuncture as well. So I was studying and trying to build up the practice, although it was already busy. Um, in those days, we did massage, so it was quite tiring as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether you do. do. Do most of you do massage anymore? No. Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we were doing massage and we went through Sydney College and came out as osteopaths as well. So we did quite a bit of osteopathy and chiropractic. Um, it was a great course because we started straight out with um, uh, the skull and anatomy and we didn't have to go through um, the uni sciences like they did. Uh, however, we found when we had the uh, groups from uni coming into our class, uh, we uh, actually uh, knew just as much as they did in accordance with the chiropractic curriculum. So uh, it was that was uh, actually it was a good education because we were a little intimidated. They were a little intimidated, but we when we came together, we realised we just all had that same passion to want to be chiropractors. So it was great. Yeah, and then. How did you get into, because Fiona is a, is a really well-known Gonstead practitioner. How did you get into Gonstead? Oh, well, um, I was uh, diversified for the first uh, 10 years um, and had a really busy practice, as I said, taking over from Helene Knox. Uh, and I just wasn't particularly happy with the results as far as being the specificity. And you would more than likely get people better, but you didn't necessarily know exactly which adjustment or why they were getting better. So it was um, frustrating to a degree. So uh, we went, uh, well, I went looking and did all these courses, SOTA, everything that was there at the time. Uh, and um, finally sat in a, a seminar of Gonstead and it just made sense. It really just clicked for me. It doesn't click for everyone, but it definitely clicked for me. 
And uh, so I went back and did nearly every seminar from uh, the 90s to to date. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I loved it and um, continued to become proficient in Gonstead alone. Yeah, so tell me, what is what is Gonstead Chiropractic? What is, why is... Why did it work so well for you? Okay, so what attracted me was um, their instrumentation. Their, well, it was very organized in how to find the subluxation. Everything was around how to find the problem with the patient. Um, and it was very uh, motion palpation, static palpation, the nervoscope, uh, visual. Um, but you would find one or two, three at the very most subluxations and that's all you would adjust throughout the spine and you would find your results from there. And then if something wasn't working, you would then go back and you would know exactly what you did because you would have it specifically written down and you would know, okay, uh, that's not working properly properly with that patient. So I need to reevaluate and uh, look again to see I'm missing something. So that when you say the results were not what you wanted it to be, what do you mean by that? Um, well, the patient wasn't getting better. The subluxation wasn't, the motion wasn't decreasing. The uh, neurology didn't uh, appear to be functioning in, in improved manner. And so did you see your practice change when you started becoming constant specified? Totally. Absolutely. Yes. Um, because, uh, obviously I gave up massage as well. I, I, and I think massage is a big problem with, uh, practitioners back in the day, uh, because people would come in and go, oh, that massage really helped me. Yeah. And they would give the, um, the benefits they received to the massage rather than to the adjustment. Uh, and it, it was a very confusing situation for the patient. And of course, uh, they, you know, they could have gone off and got a massage or done anything and, um, uh, in their heads got the same result. Obviously when they did that, they didn't get results, but, um, I sort of got a bit fed up thinking no one's chiropractic that's doing it. Yeah. It's, it's not the massage. The massage might make you feel good at the time, but massage always, uh, actually, confuse the issue too because uh, you would be adjusting a joint and if you were massaging at the same time and keeping them still, that joint doesn't have time to straight away start be becoming mobile with what you've just done to it. So there's more swelling and inflammation that's actually accumulating. So I also found that uh, my results were much better once I actually stopped the massage. So interesting. That's really interesting. Well, I think was it BJ that said what once you've adjusted, you just have to leave it alone. Yeah. So, and that's the big thing with Gonstead, uh, adjust it and leave it alone. <laughs> Find it, adjust it and leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. I saw that you also did the ACP course, which is really interesting because I did it, I think a year or two after you in Europe. I did really. Yeah, no, well, I love the ACP course. Uh, my, my pet is philosophy. I love philosophy of chiropractic. And um, I highly recommend it to everyone because it gives you the why of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and it is um, a marriage between art, science, and philosophy. And I think 
these days we're a little philosophy light yeah. on it, whereas uh, in the yesteryears, uh, they might have been a bit lighter on the science aspect, but we need to come back to balance and harmonize those three to create the, uh, I think, the excellence in chiropractic. So what did you do your paper on in the ACP? Um, uh, I think that was a long time ago. Um, I think it was um, Gonstead and um, Gonstead and his philosophy it, it, it was to do with the Gonstead technique and, and the philosophy that Gonstead talked about. Well, Gonstead actually, that, see, that, that's uh, another thing. He was brought up in the day when um, philosophy was just a natural course. So it was like osmosis to him. Philosophy was chiropractic, full stop. And he actually made a lot of inroads on the science and the art part of chiropractic, whereas we came into it when science was actually growing um, even more than I think the art. The arts dropped off and philosophy had dropped off and the science was growing um, in the last few decades. And so we've become science heavy and we've lost that balance, in my opinion, again. Um, and uh, so I think there's a lot of techniques out there today that do concentrate beautifully on the art of giving an adjustment. Um, I think we probably still need to perfect the how to find the problem. I think that's the biggest thing. If you're if you're pummeling away on something that doesn't need pummeling, you're never going to get there. You're going to mm -hmm. hate it and get worse. And I think that's where we are. Uh, and need a lot of work on finding where the problem is. Um, and then even for the beginners, the newer chiropractors, even if your art isn't 100%, which in my experience, uh, having um, employed a lot of new associates, yeah. their art isn't up to standard naturally when you start. Um, but if you can find the subluxation, you can make a difference even if your technique isn't uh to the best of its ability as, as yet. Um, but I do think that you also have to think all the time, why am I doing this? What, what am I doing? What is the last thought that goes through your head when you're adjusting? And it, it can't be what you're having for dinner or what, you know, the kids crying next door waiting for me. What are we going to do that kid? It has to be totally on the patient and that patient's innate to accept the adjustment. Yeah, that's, that's really true. So <laughs> someone came to you, a young chiropractor, and they asked, hey, Fiona, how do I become a better analyzer, a better finder of subluxations? What would you recommend? Um, you have to get your palpatory skills up. Yeah. And I think static palpation is one of the least used skills correctly and one of the best skills that has always been used. And again, I don't, I, I tend to use more motion palpation and radiology these days. Now, Gonstead, uh, obviously we're, we're really good at reading x-rays, mm -hmm. but uh, the x-rays are to confirm what we find. We don't find the subluxation off the x-ray. Right. Our findings come first. So with all our new associates, our biggest thing was probably because they all love the x-ray and radiology and everything. So 
they'd all want to take an X-ray and read the X-ray and say that's where it is, and we'd say no. We wouldn't let them have a look at the X-ray until they totally examined the patient and used their palpatory skills and all their other skills to actually find the problem. Then we would look at the X-ray and decide, uh, well, what is happening at that segment. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really amazing. I think I agree with you. That's sort of a skill that I would love to improve on. Mm. It's, I have to find the subjectation. I did my, so for the people who don't know, ACP stands for Academy of Chiropractic Philosophers, and it's a diplomat course run by Sherman Chiropractic College. And I actually did it because I graduated from South Africa. We had absolutely no philosophy, and I was just like, someone, please explain it to me. So my very first class, I think they've changed it now. They said, okay, you're going to have to give us the title of your, of your paper by the next thing. And I'm like, I don't even know what the philosophy is. How am I going to? But I had this one question. You're going to laugh at this. But because my question was, why was Clarence Gonstead such a pro prolific chiropractor? Why did people fly in? I think there's lots of chiropractors that's been like that. Yeah. Um, so my paper was on Gonstead, actually. And I really delved into his life and his personal life. And, you know, and he looked at, it's like the subluxation was the thing. He had an interesting life, didn't he? <laughs> it was interesting. I wouldn't delve. I wouldn't divulge too much. Very interesting. Very flamboyant. Um, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, my my paper was not philosophical at all, but I actually just came to the conclusion that everything, he, he was like the structure of the subluxation, finding the subluxation, the anatomy of it, the mechanics of it, and then the x-rays and the, the, you know, the yeah, he was an engineer, as you know, so he came at it with a total engineering uh, attitude. Um, but as I said, he already uh, was brought up osmotically with the philosophy because yeah. in those days that was, uh, that was what Kuiper was really built on. He extended that into the structure and the science and um, the technique that he and well the whole chiropractic and um, attitude that he he created from there. But um, yeah, what were you say? It was really interesting because I think one of my favorite quotes from someone that used to work with him is he would be able to snuck a bone into place sneak a bone in yeah you just snuck it into place i love that it's like you would just be like that's where it is yeah that's where we're gonna adjust and the other thing about gonset is and i think this is what i'm really leaning from speaking to the older chiropractors is the major hours that you that he did oh my goodness oh my goodness when you start i can't believe the hours that um the younger chiropractors do today and expect to have a successful business at the end the yeah. Hours he put in was ridiculous, totally ridiculous. Yeah, it was right. the other way around. Yeah, yeah totally. He actually start on the day, same day that he, you know, finish on the same day that he started. A four-hour sleep. Yeah. At their house calls all night. He would stay at someone's house uh, if they had a sick child and get up every four or five hours and take their temperature and see if they need an adjustment or anything like that. But you've also got to remember his whole situation was different because he was up in Wisconsin, um, you know, sort of in the middle of nowhere, but um, people would fly in, say, or drive up for, say, an, a weekend So he or, or a week. He had to do so much within that week yeah. um, and he might not then see them for six months or 12 months or maybe never. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he had to make 
and that's why he was so busy because he got results. Yeah. Yeah. And he would never adjust just because the patient was there or they were in pain. He would examine them. He would find the problem. If the problem didn't need an adjustment at that point in time, he wouldn't adjust it. He would say, I'll see you in the morning. However much the patient was crying out in pain. And I think that's also where we can make a mistake sometimes. If you don't know how to find the subluxation or when it's ready for an adjustment, uh, you can be again adjusting into a segment that's not ready to receive that adjustment. So, Fiona, how long did you pull the practice? How did you pull the practice back then? How did I work? How did you build the practice? I build. Uh, I'm basically working 12 hours a day, <laughs> five days a week, and um, I would call it a half day, but it was probably seven hours on Saturdays. Wow. Which is what most people now call a day. Correct. It's a big day. And you had four children. Well, I had two of my own. I've remarried and got another three out of that lot. But uh, I had two of my own, and that happened around the time that I was changing to Gonspit, so that was full on. Um, and, um, yeah, so I had my first baby in 91, and I just found Gonstead in 90, 1990. So uh, I was just changing my practice around and got pregnant and all the rest of it. But, um, you know, it's a juggle, and I, I don't, I would never say to any woman it's easy. It's not easy if you've got your own business. Yeah. It's okay if you've got your own business and you might have, a, you know, have already, um, had a few people working for you but in those days we didn't tend to do that we did it ourselves we didn't actually have you know five people working in a clinic you know mm. usually a single owned sort of situation and you'd get someone in to do a locum if you had a holiday well I didn't have my first holiday for four years so um that, and that didn't happen very often you know but uh so by the time I had children yeah um it was hard. The, the first associate I had when I was pregnant with uh, my old, my Sarah, uh, wasn't very good. So I put, got back to work and I dropped right off. So then I had to build it back up with a little baby and then I got pregnant again and the same thing happened. It's hard. But at the end of the day, I, I never regret not having my own practice. Yeah. So do you have any tips for a young woman who wants to start a, who wants to have a practice and a baby? How do you juggle it? Um, you know what, you always manage. Do you want it? Do you want your practice and do you want the baby? And the answer to that is whether you'll survive or not. Um, you have to, anything, I think anything we want in life, if you want it, you, you can do it. Anyone, you can do anything. You can do anything. Um, and I think it's just as hard having children and not having your own practice and then trying to open a practice at 30 years old. I think this is hard. And half the time, unfortunately, we probably don't have the women we've got in practice because of that. And I don't think it's a, it's a big. I think it's a huge problem with women in chiropractic. You know? And I think then they will, we drop out of practice and to look after children, to, you know, because we want to be good mothers, because we know as a chiropractor how important it is to nurture. That's right. Well, nowadays it's more, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, they're going backwards again, but it's more acceptable having a three-day uh, week, which is what I have ended up getting down to three 12-hour days, 
and having the kids on the other four days and I had an associate. So that's how my business changed after I had children. Um, so I have an associate. Um, but, you know, I always, again, I loved having women associates. I think women are fantastic chiropractors. They've got the passion. They've got the compassion. They've got the empathy. They've got the drive. Um, and unfortunately, you would uh, you would lose them because eventually they also want to get married and have children. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, but again, it was hard having women as associates. However, I, I think women are, are amazing chiropractors. Well, I mean, we are two women to each other. So. <laughs> yeah, but I. I we do bring such a beautiful energy to chiropractic and to, especially if you're good at, if you're good at what you do as well, you know, then. Look, I agree. And I've had some fabulous men working for me, but I'm just saying to any woman out there, don't give up. Um, if you really love it, uh, don't stop just because the children try and, and find your balance that works for you in your life at that time. And did you find any challenges being a female chiropractor? No, back in my day, yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether you still got those same challenges, but yes, it was very male orientated. Yeah. Uh, all the, the teachers and the principals and they were all very male orientated and it was a man's job and all this sort of stuff and uh, women were too weak and little and couldn't. Yeah. Be. Yeah. So one of my highlights was actually confronting a whole uh, group of um, the uh people who uh, I looked up to in those days who were my seniors and saying, well, there you go. You didn't think I'd make it. And here I am 30 years later. And that was a really lovely moment to me. <laughs> yeah. So what did you do? Because I, you know, I found it when I started, I had that, I mean, I still, I get it sometime because I was probably the first female chiropractor here in the area that I'm in. Uh, you know, people give me that I'm quite tall, so that helps. But they kind of look at me and think, how are you going to adjust me? Yeah, yeah. How did you, because, yeah, you almost have to be an exceptional adjuster then because you really have to be like, well, I can, you know, I can, I can lose this. Don't worry. Yeah. How did you improve your adjusting and your strength as a female chiropractor? Yeah, I don't know. You know, if you've got the skill, you don't need the strength. Mm -hmm. And that's what women get mixed up with. And that's what sometimes we get confused with. Uh, if there is a, a big male uh, in front of us, we want to prove our strength rather than prove our skill. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to get our head wrapped around that. And I used to have lots of, because I um, helped out uh, football teams and things in the area. And uh, they used to come in and look at me, oh, what could you do for me? Because I'm only five foot two. And um, I'd go, well, let's see, shall we? And, you know, it, they ate their words at the end of the session. But not because I would get them in an arm wrestle or a headlock, because I would find the subluxation and adjust. And and I think that's where we all get mixed up. Gonstead was fantastic with that too, uh, which was really a big difference as well from Diversified. Diversified was uh, more tiring, I found, than Gonstead once I got skilled at Gonstead. Um, because uh, with the skill of Gonstead, uh, it's about uh, your line of drive and the positioning of you and your patient. And you've got a choice of the knee chest or the, the high-low or the bench. 
to depending on the size of the patient. So that did make a big difference when you're dealing with big men. Yeah, actually good. I never I forgot about the knee chest and, and yeah. that. Well, and the knee chest is fantastic for pregnant women too. I never knew that. Mm. We are, so where we where I come from, we didn't have any Gonstead chiropractors. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I've so, learned a lot, but I haven't, and I've observed Gonstead chiropractors, but I've never seen knee chest. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you use um, their body weight rather than fighting it, mm. which uh, is a big bonus for a girl or for anyone, because who wants to expend lots of energy when you don't need to? Especially when you're working 12 hour days and see yeah. people, that's one of the most important things that you have to, I feel like I have to make sure that I'm really healthy and strong and go to the gym and work out to make sure that when I get into all those positions and do all the thrusts, that you do anything of that kind? Yes, all the time. Yeah, I was very thick. Oh, I am still very thick. But I, I think um, um, that should be part of a chiropractor's philosophy anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, agree. I don't think there uh, should be many chiropractors out there that, that aren't that way inclined, uh, who don't eat well or, or keep fit, keep relatively active. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, our life changes might change that now and then, but gen, as a general philosophy, uh, uh, that is our philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. So, and I mean health in our way of health, not medical terms of health. Yeah, I'm true taking health. Taking aspirin as a prevention to not get toxins. Yeah. yeah, true health, you know. True. Um, is there anything specific that's worked for you over the years that you would recommend to anyone? Uh, what, you mean exercise? Exercise, diet. Oh, oh well, um, small portions, regular, three times a day, a um, uh, water drink, minimal alcohol, even yeah. though we all like to have a drink, um, and exercise every day. Yeah. Most important is keep your mind in the right frame. Keep your frame of mind happy, healthy, and uh, uh, on the positive side. So when you're adjusting someone, Fiona, what goes through your head? to connect to that patient, to connect to that patient. I, I must be in tune with that person at that moment of delivering the adjustment. And how do you do that? Of concentration, concentrating on them, concentrating on my position in my hand, the line of my drive, them accepting the adjustment, making it as comfortable as possible, everything to do with them, me and them. It, it's like as soon as I touch them, I'm marrying them to a degree. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm engaged with them. Yeah. And you have to stay that way until the, well, really, you know what, from the minute they walk into your office to the minute they leave, you should be that. Particularly, you have to be uh, in tune with them at that point of adjustment. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. Well, thank you, Fiona. Thank you. It was yours, didn't it? <laughs> It's lovely to speak to you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Chiropractic Elders podcast. If you love what you heard from us, follow us on Spotify, Apple, Instagram, Facebook, and all those pages. And please share this with all your friends and your colleagues so we can share this wisdom. Thanks, Fiona. Bye-bye.